It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Range Time is a bi-weekly podcast talking about guns, gear, and the shooting lifestyle. Opinions expressed may or may not be those of our parent company, sponsors, or advertisers. It's the Range Time Podcast. All right, welcome back to uh, Range Time 2.0. It's, it's like two weeks in a row we've actually put episodes together. Wow. This is fantastic. Fired on all cylinders. Uh, welcome, uh, welcome, party people. Welcome to Range Time. I am your host, John Smith, talking about uh, guns, gear, shooting, lifestyle, um, and stuff. And basically, whatever's uh, whatever's caught in our uh, caught in our craw this week. Uh, we have our co-host uh, with us again this week, Jim York, professional Yo. stuntman, and Officer Mike, a uh, police officer with a uh, uh, an affiliation that shall not be mentioned. Yes. Um, because we don't want you to be speaking on behalf of any department or have them speak for you. That's correct. That's that's what we're hoping yes. for. Yes. But you are you are a policeman. Yes. Uh, and Jim is a stuntman of some Semi-professional. sort. Semi-professional. And I am a radio guy. Yes. So three of us together, we get together, we talk about uh, things in the world that are going on uh, that may or may not involve guns. Hopefully they do. Um, so let's go around the room. Uh, we'll start with Mike this week. Mike, what do you got on your mind? So I, I was just noticing that there was actually a new poll released today on uh, gun control in Utah. So they released numbers from voters. It seems like we're getting a new poll on gun control like every other week. This one's kind of interesting, though, because it actually goes into detail based off of uh, political affiliation, where you stand on it. But the surprising thing was 75% of Utahns said that they could support some form of new gun control and it would not restrict their Second Amendment rights. 75%. 75% of people here in Utah yes. support new – is it specific as to what type of no. gun control they're they're in favor of? No, it doesn't have any specifics on the type. But then this is where it gets interesting. Is So you've got Democrats are uh, in favor of the laws 98%, Republicans 59%. But then when you get in strong conservatives – 57% believe it would violate their Second Amendment rights, which I think is interesting because it's kind of just a blanket statement of any law. There's not a specific example, so it just shows you how deeply rooted I think these things are and why it's such a hard topic for people to get into because your beliefs are so cemented based off of what you've been. It's become a tribal thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was uh, I was actually featured on, on Gina's podcast. Uh, Gina Barberi from X96, my old job, yes. invited me in after one of the recent mass shootings. I can't keep them straight anymore. Yeah. Uh, but she invited me in. Now, she is not pro-gun. No. But, uh, Never has been. Anybody at that station? Well, this anyway. is the th- her son, uh, Festus. I've been shooting with him. Yeah, he came shooting with us in, uh, in Rancid, uh, Brandon no. from Rancid. Was, oh, yeah. Okay, That's, he was, yeah. At, he was at that one. When you were with Silencer Co., he yeah. went up and it was like snowing. It's like dead of winter. Uh, and we went up to the SP, SBC. That range, yeah, yeah, that range, it's gone now. It's it, Well, we'll get to that, actually, because we, we may have some details about that. Can we share that? No. No. Okay, well, we'll share what you know. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> 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 but, um, but Festus is actually very pro-gun. Yeah. Um, and he works there. 
and he he oh, works okay. there, and he's the producer of this podcast. So it was it was kind of awkward for me to go into the company that fired me back yeah. in November. Uh, he, he texts me and says he's going to be on the show. I'm like, well, that's going to be awkward. Uh, but it really wasn't. Well, it, was, it was kind of okay. I, I was going to try to tag along, but I couldn't make it when they were doing the recording. Yeah, I can tell you it wasn't awkward for me. Yeah. Uh, there were several people in the building that I think it was awkward for them. I, I can guess who a few of those would be. But it's kind of like... <laughs> I know one. <laughs> I've never been dumped. Have either of you ever been dumped by a girl? Oh, yeah. Um, I've never been dumped. Well, that's because your wife married you. I found you got married at 20. Well, I, I got married right out of high school. Yeah, Smart. Like, that's yeah. why you've never been dumped. I got a girlfriend, <laughs> I, and then I married her. Because yeah, I'm like... I, yeah. yeah. I gave a girl her Christmas present I was dating once. Out of town, I went to her house. She took the present and dumped me. That's okay, a so blow. now yeah. imagine... So this is what this is what this must have felt like. Uh, because you go to the twenty year reunion, or you go to a, a you go you run into your ex mm-hmm. a, a year later, and all of a sudden you're much better off, right? <laughs> yeah, like you are you are killing it, mm-hmm. and yeah, it really really sucked when it happened, but all of a sudden it's like oh man, things are great now. Yeah, yeah. things are things are great. So I had no problem going over there, but I think they were kind of awkward about it, like. Oh hey, how are things, buddy? Yeah, uh, well, and I won't men- mention any names because I still have plenty of friends oh, over yeah. there. But um, so I went over and I was on Gina's podcast and we talked about we talked about guns and we talked about polls and we talked about how tribal this this whole thing has become. And my question at the time, which it seems like this actually solidifies and goes against what my argument was on her podcast, which I didn't believe that it was that tribal. Oh yeah, it's like politically speaking. In Congress and Senate and lawmakers, left or anti-gun, right or pro-gun, and that's right down the middle. But I, you know, I know several lefty liberals who are pro-gun and will go shooting with me, and I know several conservatives that are like, "Ew, don't touch me with that awful thing." Um, yeah. Actually, no, I don't. Now that I think about it, I mean, I know I'm kind a of playing the benefit of the doubt, but no, I, I, I really don't. I could name a handful. Um, but I consider myself to be a conservative. Um, I use the term Republican pretty loosely uh, just because I hate political affiliations yeah. in general. But I am a conservative guy. Um, but it does seem to be that it's become a very tribal, almost monolithic well, thing. I, I think that's what – it doesn't really matter the topic, whether it's guns, whether it's just general politics. We've lost that ability to have a conversation. That's I, because that's what I – yeah, that's it. Yeah. We, we, it's, it's either you're with me or you're against me, and there's no conversations anymore. It's just arguments trying to tell everybody that you're right and they're wrong. And Only no, the and Sith deal in absolutes. I will not listen to an opposing yeah. opinion. It's yeah. this way or the highway. And, that's 100% it. And that's what makes it so hard for anything to get done because if you're not going to listen to somebody else and try to learn and have an open mind, you're never going to have anything happen. And and I some, had, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead I was going to say somebody told me a while back, and I'm like, that is the truest thing I've heard in a long time is anybody that's hard hard far right or hard hard far left they they're both just nuts mm-hmm. like both both parties the staunch hard hard right guy <laughs> he's 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 crazy they're not they're helping the i can tell you yeah, that. nobody's helping either party the people in the middle which 
are the silent majority, those are the people needing to have the conversations, and they're the ones that are just quiet about it. And that's Be- the biggest problem. They stay out of politics because yeah. they don't want to deal with those far right or far left, and so those are the people that dominate. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'll be sitting on Facebook and I'll see somebody make a really, really far right page or comment, and I'll just be like, oh, well, that's it. I'm anti-gun. I just, I can't be on your side. Yeah. Because that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I've seen you make some comments on some Facebook pages purposely trying to almost (laughs) call them out for their idiocy. I do enjoy trolling people on Facebook. And they don't get it. No. They they, they just, it's uh, lock, stock, barrel, I'm going with it regardless. It's, they don't understand. I, and that's, yeah, yeah. and that's, I, I don't know if it's, people seem really, really eager to fight. And I think social media has helped with that because it's made it so much easier to fight without having to talk to somebody. I was going to say it's a fight without breaking your nose What's or the risk it? of getting your nose broke. Man, and have, we talked about this in the last episode. Yeah. I've had my nose broken several times. Yeah. It, it ain't fun, right? Um, especially when somebody else is doing it to you <laughs> yeah. on purpose. You, you know, I, I've heard law enforcement, uh, some law enforcement higher ups that I, I've listened to have talked about how it's a lot harder to dislike or hate someone when you're looking them in the face, yeah, versus talking to them via social media or messages or emails and and that's one of the keys to to being able to make a better relationship and and learn is being able to actually talk to somebody face to face right you can see the emotion that they're putting behind it when i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's false at all that you know what do they say like 90 percent of communication is nonverbal. absolutely well you're now just getting the verbal part i'm not getting any (laughs) social cues from you whatsoever so oh and and the other side of that i don't like this person blocked like I don't, I don't have to hear any other opinions. Yes. And, and you've got your preconceived notion. You've probably never met that person. You look at their, their handle, their name. You have a preconceived notion of who they are. You don't have to learn anything else about them. No. Nope. This is what this person is, and I'm just going to fight with you because that's what you are. Well, and in some cases, you can do that, right? Like if somebody's got a swastika tattooed on their forehead, you can pretty much tell we're going to disagree yeah. on things ideologically. Yeah. When I go to somebody's Facebook page and they've got Beto O'Rourke up there going, hell yes, I can pretty much assume that he and I or she and I are not going to agree when it comes on guns. Yeah, but I, I bet you if you were talking to that person in person, you'd actually have a pretty good conversation. We can have with dialogue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, but you can't, almost can't do that on social media. Oh, is your phone ringing? Yeah. You got to go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be quiet so he can take his phone call. <laughs> Hello, um, this is Jim. Uh, Jim, professional stuntman extraordinaire. Oh, wait, this is my handler at the CIA. I have to take this. How many times have you had somebody come up to you as a police officer when you're in uniform and they shout FTP or, you know, say something about police brutality or I, racism or fascism? I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many people I, I have dealt with that have said to me, you're just doing this because of X, Y, or Z. I'm like, you've never met me. You don't know me. You have no idea for, who I am. For a while, I, I would drive home. Uh, I worked at the graveyard shift f- f- for part of my career, and I'd drive home in the morning, and as I'm driving down one of the streets in Salt Lake uh, on my way home, there was a gentleman who would stand on the side of the road and flip me off every day <laughs> because of the car I was driving. Never met the guy. have no and, idea who And, and is that has it. nothing to do with you personally. No, and, and that's one of the things that uh, you know is important, I think, for new officers to understand is that it really isn't anything about you personally. It's simply you're wearing a badge and a uniform. But it, it amazes me how many people aren't willing to have that dialogue. And even if we start that dialogue and – It's going to go south. It's like, a two-way street. That you, dialogue's not going to go well. No. I mean, you know, constantly I know many departments are trying to have that dialogue, trying to find out what they can do better. 
but that's a two-way street and there's some people that really do want to do that and the people that have been won over and there's some people that literally it doesn't matter what gets done there's going to be something else wrong i wonder about this new generation of of uh not just cops but just the new generation in general like you and i come from the last generation offline yeah we're the last of the offline yeah. generation I got, I got my first phone at 25 right know? yeah like that i think i was 21 yeah. when i got my first I, I had i had a phone before that it was one that i had for an emergency i like, never called uh, on it it didn't text there was no internet you know yeah the internet came while i was in college like i had a pager in yeah. the in the Absolutely. late night i had one and too. that's about as far as it went and i wonder where uh, because there are certain conversational and social skills that we develop over time that that this generation no longer has mm-hmm. and they're really quick on the trigger when it comes to things like emotions and um uh opinions right where if i come to you and you're you're having an argument with me about guns and and i always say to people that i will never try and change your opinion about guns yeah. if you if you state to me something that is factually incorrect i will simply point out that that is incorrect but you're right to feel however you feel. If you don't like guns, that's fine. If you don't like gun laws, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, I try not to engage with that on purpose. But I think we have an entire generation that not only feels entitled to correct people on opinions and emotions, but they feel obligated to do so. Where it's like, I don't like you. You feel to a certain point like it is your not just your right to go up and yell at somebody for having a difference of opinion but it's an obligation where it's like you're anti-gun i'm pro-gun we now have to fight yeah and i don't get where that leads yeah that the the idea of being able to actually talk seems to have been lost and that's unfortunate because that's where so much of society is is that conversation that learning that that ability to in fact, a good chunk of my friends, I tend to be more left-leaning than most police officers. Like, that's just the way I am. I believe that. That's true. And, and But that doesn't mean that I don't have good relationships with people. We have conversations all the time, and we may not agree, but they're great dialogue, and we learn from each other, and we're still friends at the end of the day. I think life would be extremely boring if everyone I hung out with thought the exact same way I do. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I'd be if bored I hung out, out with them, but the world needs more of me. <laughs> That's what it is. The world needs more people that think exactly like I do because I'm never ever wrong. If that were the case, your nose wouldn't have been broken seven <laughs> times. That's a good point. <laughs> Two of those were on accident. Yeah. Well. Okay. Six five. Of, well, four of them were punches in the face. That's four uh, more times than I've been had my nose broken. I, I've been punched in the face. I just haven't had my nose broken. You've had a gun pulled on you. That is Actually, true. I've had a gun. I've I've been shot at, but not not in the same way you were shot at. Like somebody no, was. He, fortunately, he didn't get any rounds off, but he certainly certainly tried. So that's like, I have to wonder, like when you're talking about this entitled generation, like how many people do you come up to? Um, or, or or your fellow officers that you talk to just in passing where people come up to you and, and we no longer respect the position of the police officer, right? Like somehow, I don't know if it's the internet or I don't know if it's the YouTube videos or the bad press coverage, but somewhere recently we no longer even respect not just social protocol. Like we don't appreciate the fact that people can have differences of opinion, but we no longer respect the authority of a policeman. To, to to uphold the law and order. I, I think the vast majority of people do. I think that's, the problem... That's reassuring. I, I think the, the, the people who don't tend to get the media attention, and it kind of goes back to... And I won't even blame the media with this. I think the reality of it is, is anything, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? 
who makes the most noise? If you have great service at a restaurant, do most people ever say anything? No, of course not. If you have terrible service, there is that bell at Arby's. Yeah, if you have great I, service, I've been there. you, you, the, you, ring you the love, the bell. To, I ring love to ring the bell. Yeah, yeah but but I think that's that's part of what it is with with law enforcement, what, whatever it may be, is the people who are upset about something are far more likely to make a lot of noise about it, and that's what gets attention. But why is that just law enforcement? Like I'm on the fire uh, department, and people thank me all you, the time. You don't write tickets. <laughs> I, 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 is that what it is? That, like that's I think they, that's a big part of it. They feel that they've been wronged somehow well, by the police for that, actually part of doing it. their job. I think part of it also is you look at when the police department responds to things. Almost everyone we deal with is either in trouble or is the victim of something. They they don't want to see you no it, matter what it, it is. It, they, it, they're not happy. We're dealing with there. them on their worst day. Now, now the fire yeah. department does the same thing, medical and fire, but usually there's not a person behind that. Most of the time right. it's, it's, a, it's a tragic accident. We, we put the fire out. Yeah, you know, it's we saved your life. We put the fire out. Oh, it, you know, your stove caught fire. It's not somebody doing it, whereas almost everything we go on is either they're a victim of something they're, or they're accused of doing something. And, and, you know, people don't like paying money for tickets. And most cops don't like writing tickets, but those tickets save lives. That's why tickets are written. There's that, that's, you know, we have to respond when somebody has something happen and that they have one bad experience that seems to stick with them for a long time. Or even if it's just that's part of the trauma of the situation they're in, they remember that. And it seems like before, though, like people would just kind of let that go, right? You had that that image. You had that that group of people that were like, "Effing cops gave me a ticket for no reason." Well, were you speeding? Yeah, but they didn't have to pull me over. Well, that's their job. But because of the the internet now, and we see so much of that, be you know oh, yeah. this this guy who goes right, the cop baiters who go out and try and get you guys to to screw things up on camera. Um, I, people see more of that, and I think that people tend to hold a grudge a lot longer. They hold a grudge a lot longer, but it also it's the instant media. It's the everyone has a f- camera now. Everyone yeah. can record everything, and it can be shared across the world in in a matter of milliseconds. Whereas it used to be, you know, if it didn't show up on the nightly national news, people in Salt Lake didn't know what was going on in, in Iowa. They didn't know what was going on in Maine. That's and true. Vice versa. Yeah. Now you don't ever need the news to do that. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. It gets shared, even if that information isn't correct. And, and I was listening to a national syndicated radio morning show the other day, and they were talking about how things that never would have gotten attention 10 years ago blow up yeah. now. They, they were talking I'll give you the little example. Apparently uh, Ikea made a jerk chicken with the wrong kind of peas and people are, <laughs> people are blowing it up because it's, it's cultural appropriation because they use the wrong kind of peas. Now, given uh, yeah, that, that that's they use the wrong kind of peas but that would have, have never so gotten so many questions. That would have never gotten attention 10 years ago. <laughs> Jim just came walking in looking like the most confused guy in the world. So many peas. How, how was your phone call, dude? <laughs> that was interesting. The right. guy was thrown up in the background. Is uh, I have an interesting friend. We're we're back to we're, we're <laughs> back to outrage culture. You notice how I don't even I'm not even phased by no, anything we, he says we, we're anymore. Uh, we're back to outrage, where somebody is outraged at IKEA because they made jerk chicken with, with the, the wrong. wrong kind of peas. Yeah. And that's cultural appropriation. Uh, oh, like jerk, jerk case. <laughs> I was like jerk chicken. Like that Jamaican. Oh, like, yeah. uh, okay. It's like, like dickhead chicken. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I edited it out, but nobody listens. So no, there was a 
Uh, that, that's how we're going to test. Let us know if you know what Jim just said. Is jerk uh, chicken a pr- is, that, is that cultural? It's, I didn't know. It's, well, it's from Jamaica, but yeah. is it is uh, that uh, the only place they where they're, they're allowed at to a make Swedish it? Swedish store. Well, and that that was part of what this went on to was when who in the world eats at IKEA anyway? Isn't that your first problem? You're eating at a furniture store. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I like going to that cafeteria at IKEA because it makes me feel like I'm in a foreign country. <laughs> I've traveled the grand distance. The food's terrible. <laughs> he, he made it Nobody to Draper. Nobody understands what I'm, what <laughs> I'm ordering. And and everything's in a different language. And if you went two minutes south, you could eat at the prison cafe. It feel, They made me a license plate once. Did you eat at their cafe, though? No. They actually have a cafe? Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I've, I've seen enough Orange is the New Black to know that I don't want to eat at the prison cafe. And everything on TV is real. It is real. <laughs> I caught a. That's you know what? This whole I'll tell you what, man. From. I caught a. Uh, I caught a very small piece of this, and this is probably what what got my attention on it. Is I was I was in my firefighter uniform, which I wasn't even in the badge uniform. Like we have we have our class B uniforms, and it's like the shoulder patches and the badge, which you the, never wear. I've worn it, I think, twice. Firefighters um, wear t-shirts all the freaking time. It's a polo shirt. And it's got my name on That's it. That's better than most places. Yeah. Well, it's you know we you know we live large where I'm at, uh, and I'm standing in line at a cafe Rio getting my getting my pork uh, salad on, and the lady behind me was like, "Don't you have anything better to do?" And I turn around, I'm like, "Are, are you, me?" She's like, "Yeah, shouldn't you be out fighting a fire?" Oh I'm like, "My gosh." I'm like, is is there a fire to put out? I didn't know Ma- that. Ma'am, would you like to report a fire? Yeah. I'm like, the <laughs> amount of fires we have in my area, we have like two or three Not a lately. year. Well, it's been a very busy summer, but but ninety percent of what the we fire do is actually every fire starting. Ninety <laughs> percent of the calls that we go on are medical. Yeah, and that's, that's most fire that's departments. Most fire departments, right? Yes. Is that we're all EMTs? We're all you know we drive rescue engines. Yeah. And most of what we do is actually aiding the ambulance service. Um, and that's you know we're we're there for when fires start, especially in Utah. Lately, everything's on fire. Especially if you um, live in Davis County. Yeah, yeah Davis County, Tooele County. We had uh, a pretty gnarly one. A couple in Salt Lake County, uh, and then there was a really bad one down in is it Film uh, Millard County or Fillmore County that burned like twenty thousand acres in one day. Oh wow! Like. Boom. That was crazy. Anyway, but she's like, shouldn't you be out fighting a fire? And I'm like, there, literally, there are no fires in the state right now. There's not, literally, <laughs> there is not a fire for 500 miles. Uh, do you have one in your fireplace? Yeah. I, I mean, can help. I can flip a switch on in my yeah. living room when I have a fire. <laughs> I, I don't know what you want me to do. And beyond that, I had just gotten done giving a presentation at a high school about <laughs> fire safety. Like, <laughs> Who invited you to a high school? <laughs> oh, well, dude, seriously. You know this is the thing, not off topic, but Mike and I are both instructing a class. That's what amazes or me. Is I, you guys I'm, doing, st- I'm doing two. Are you doing two different classes? Yes. Because I'm, st- I'm teaching the same class twice. We're teaching the same one twice, and then we're doing another one the next day. So you're doing three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say the name of any of the organizations no. or the associations, but um, I, am, I am teaching. <laughs> this is going to make people laugh. I'm teaching people how to podcast. <laughs> how to get seven listeners to your podcast by John Smith. Yes. Here's what you do. You update more than once every six months. 
I think this is the well, case yeah, study learn. on how to dunk. No, you 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 have to know what not to do yeah. so you can tell them what to do. <laughs> I think that's the basis of the and the premise of this podcast. I did realize something in preparing this. I don't realize how much I know about something until I write it down in an effort to explain it to somebody who knows nothing about it. Right, yeah. and then I'm like, oh, I actually know quite a bit about this. Oh well, yeah, like I take pe- I take for granted so much just stuff on social media. I'm like, you, oh. You, you yeah, don't know that. You don't is there a little bit of that? imposter syndrome going on there where, like, I don't believe I know what I'm doing, so I just assume that nobody thinks I know what I'm doing? You think? I don't know. Is that the case with you guys? Do you guys ever feel that way? Well, clearly I don't know what I'm doing with stunts, but, like, no. that checks out. That's pretty we obvious. We have video evidence yeah. that you don't know what you're doing with stunts, <laughs> but, yeah. But, like, when it comes to, like, social media stuff, I'm like, wait, no. I just, and I, that's your that's how you make a living. That's your uh, job. Like, I take that for granted. Wow. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I do know more well, than the person that doesn't know anything. Good I, for me. I, I really wish I'd thought about this sooner, though. We should have set it up that we did a episode as part of your training next week. We can. We should, there's, yeah. no, there's nothing saying we can't. Yeah. Well, You're going to be in there, right? I, I, I'll be there. I, I, I teach at the same time as you do. You, you want to? You want to come? Uh, you want to come to the? It's uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday yeah. next week. Next week. You want to come? I, I can go ride bikes down there. There you <laughs> go. That a boy. All right. So tune in next week. We'll tell you about uh, how uh, how Mike and I teaching people things goes. Uh, how how we are as uh, classroom instructors. How big are these classes? You went to this thing last I, I, year. I actually have never been to You've it. You've never been to I, this. I, I was out last year and not allowed to attend. You were no. Oh, you were. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a little nervous as to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, be fine. But you think I'll be all right? Yeah. So I'm going I, down, and I'm te- I, and of course I'm being very vague about this yeah. because we're speaking on on behalf of people that we ought not be speaking on behalf of. But um, I was invited down to teach a group of public officials about podcasts. There's some private people there, too. It's, you, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's open to public and private. But it's it's uh, it's something that people it's, – it's a paid seminar thing. People Absolutely. pay to get in. Mm-hmm. And it's a three-day uh, seminar. So I'm teaching and, – and there's a lot of different uh, aspects to this. Yeah. There's, but my portion will be strictly podcasting. Uh, and it'll be good. I'm generally uh, terrified as to what's happening. I have one session that's in front of everyone. It's not a breakout. So you've got the entire you've got the entire group. There, yeah, there's one that I'm involved in that it's everyone. And I'm teaching, and, and like I said, I'm teaching the same one twice. So yeah, if I screw up the first one, I can just do the yeah. second one. And you don't drink. I don't oh, drink. Yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> he might start. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking for a public, big, large public groups, unless I'm drunk, I don't do it. And usually, I'm, like, I'm kind of used to yeah. it now. You've you've gotten uh, you've gotten over the hump. It's kind of uh, part of my job. All right. Well, stuntman Jim York, thanks for being here for part of the show. Appreciate it. Uh, that was a short. That phone was call. a short phone call. You came back. Yeah. I wasn't expecting you to come back from that one. I wasn't either. But the guy, yeah, like I said, he was sick and thrown up in the background. So. Man, you have cooler friends. Than <laughs> yeah, it depends on why he's throwing up. Whether he's cooler or not, he, is he? I, yeah, is he having a stomach pump? Uh, What's going on here? Is he? Does he have? The, it's not the flu season I, I, yet. If we, we would, I don't think I can call say him back it. and ask him. No, they told me why. I can't <laughs> say it on this podcast. Oh. That's how bad it is. Whoa! Yeah, nice. we, we need to end this podcast. So we can find out what's going on. <laughs> yeah, um, tell you what, if you want to, if you want to know what actually happened, hit us up on Facebook. We'll tell you there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe not. <laughs> we'll, we'll put that's some gnarly you, do pictures. Do you want to get up. banned? Because that's how you get banned. That's how you get banned. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, 
<laughs> Cowabunga it is. <laughs> Let's get it on. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook. Make sure if you uh, uh, if you like this Facebook or if you like this podcast, make sure you click <laughs> like, leave us a review. If you don't like this uh, podcast, do it all the same because, you know, it helps. we're asking nicely. Yeah. Uh, you share can, you with can let us know if you don't like it. I don't really care. We can just block you. <laughs> and, then we'll, and then we'll talk to you next week. Until then, uh, it's uh, for myself, for, uh, for Jim York, for Mike. Ready? Aim. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.